five, four, three, two, one. Let's go. Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast in partnership with Kidney Care UK, sharing faith, knowledge, hope, and love. Hi, and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. My name is Dee Moore, and I am a stage four kidney warrior. This podcast is dedicated to encourage, educate, and inspire as we explore all aspects of kidney disease, related chronic illnesses, and health. If you have any questions or ideas for topics you would like me to cover, please get in contact with me on social media using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. My guest today from Derby, England, is former hemodialysis nurse, Katie Fielding. Katie is undertaking studies about patient experiences of needling for hemodialysis. Katie is passionate about understanding patient experiences and joins me today for the first of a two-part series about hemodialysis needling. Hi and welcome to Diary of a Kidney Warrior, the podcast. How are you doing today, Katie? I'm good, thank you, Dee. Thank you very much for inviting me to come along and talk to you. Thank you for joining me. I am really excited about speaking with you today. And listeners, Katie has agreed to come back already. So this is part one of a two-part series where we're going to be covering the subject of needling. So without further ado, I'm going to ask my first question and it is, what is needling? So needling is one of those procedures that happens for patients who need hemodialysis. And it normally happens for patients who have a fistula or a graft for hemodialysis. So it's important to note that you can use a line for hemodialysis and that doesn't involve you needing to have the needling. However, if you're using a fistula or graft for hemodialysis, then you'll undergo the needling procedure each time you have hemodialysis. And what needling basically involves is you have a blood vessel, which is your fistula or your graft, that before each hemodialysis treatment, we have to insert two needles. And those needles then connect up to the hemodialysis machine so that we can take your blood out of your body, do the hemodialysis process and then return the blood to you. So for patients who need to have the needling for hemodialysis, they have to have it before each hemodialysis treatment. And then we remove the needles at the end of each treatment. They go home. And then when they come back in next time, we reinsert the needles again. So let's take it from the very, very beginning. For somebody who has been told that they need dialysis and they've chosen hemodialysis and they've got the fistula, you know, everything's being sorted out and planned. What is step one? So they've come through the doors. It's their very first hemodialysis session. What should they expect? So normally when you come in for hemodialysis, for each hemodialysis session, you get allocated a space where you're going to be having your hemodialysis, which has a dialysis chair within it and the hemodialysis machine. And this might vary for different units, but you have this space that you use for hemodialysis. And basically what will happen is you'll have a bit of time to get yourself ready and get yourself settled into the dialysis chair. And then when the dialysis machine is ready and the nurse has got all your prescription programs into the dialysis machine, that's normally when they're then going to do the needling. 
because they need to get the needles in so they can connect you up to the machine. So the first stage of the needling process is really setting up your equipment for the needling. And this is quite important because what you'll see on hemodialysis units is there's a lot of patients who actually end up doing this for themselves. And this is really about getting all the equipment out that you need for your needling. And then you set it up on what we call a sterile pack, which is a clean area where we can put all your equipment ready for the procedure. So we put the syringes on there, we put the needles on there, we put the disinfectant on there that we need to clean your fistula. And that can gradually be a process that you get involved in. What then needs to happen is the person who's going to be putting your needles in then needs to assess your fistula or your graft. And when they're assessing it, they're looking at two different things. They're looking at whether everything is working okay and whether there are any problems with your fistula or your graft. But they're also looking at and working out where they're going to insert the needles and where they're going to put the needles. So what you'll see is that someone will come along and they'll want to have a look at your fistula and your graft. They want to have a feel of it and they may want to have a listen to it with a stethoscope. Now, what I often find is patients often find that bit a little bit scary because they worry about what's going on and whether there's any problems with their fistula or their graft. But that's part of the normal needling process. That's just allowing us to check that everything's okay and letting us work out where is the best place to actually put the needles in. We then have to clean your fistula or your graft before we put the needles in. And sometimes what will happen is they might ask you to wash your fistula or your graft with soap and water. Now, this doesn't mean it's because they think that it's dirty at all. It's just basically part of the cleaning process before we put the needles in. But even if you wash it with soap and water, we still have to use disinfectant on it, first of all, where we wipe it over with a solution and have to leave it to dry. And that disinfectant can sting a little bit. And then what will happen is the nurse or the person who's putting your needles in is then ready to insert the needles. They might put a tourniquet around your arm, which might feel quite tight, but makes the vein a little bit easier to get the needles into. And then basically, they try and insert the needles in a smoother process as they possibly can. So they'll let you know most of the time when they're ready to insert the needles and make sure that you're ready for it. But then they try and get the needles into your vein as smoothly as they possibly can. Some people prefer that this process happens very quickly, where we insert the needle very quickly. Other patients prefer that we do it a little bit more slowly just so that we can get the needle into the vessel and it's not being rushed for them. But basically, we have to insert two needles and you normally have the needles above one another on your fistula. And we tend to insert the bottom needle first, because if you insert the top needle first, then it gets in the way when you're trying to insert the bottom needle. Now, what we have to do with the needle is we have to get it in the right place where it's in the centre of the vessel. And how we often know that we've got it in the right place is when the needle is in the centre of the vessel, we're able to see your blood in the actual needle. So you'll see a spurt of blood come back into the needle, which is what we call the flashback. And once the nurse has got that, what she'll do is she will move the syringe backwards and forwards, which is basically checking that the needle's flowing okay. And that, again, lets us know that it's in the centre of the vessel. 
And occasionally when they're doing that assessment, they might need to adjust it a little bit just to make sure that they've got it in the right place. But once they think they've got it in the right place, they'll basically tape it in place. And then we pull the syringe backwards and forwards. We flush it again just to check that when we've taped it, we've not moved the needle at all. And then basically, once both needles are in that way, we're ready to connect you for hemodialysis. So that's really what happens through the needling process. And it can be very quick. It can take three or four minutes just to get both needles in. But often when you have your first time needling, it takes a little bit longer, just purely because it takes a little bit of time to work out where we're going to put the needles because we've never put needles in your fistula or graft before. And sometimes the fistula or graft is a little bit more difficult to get the needles in so it can take a little bit longer. Wow, that sounds quite difficult. It sounds quite complicated and it also sounds like it could be painful. So is there anything that as a patient going to hemodialysis that they can do to make this process easier? I think one of the things that I've heard, and I've heard this from patients rather than from staff, is a lot of patients often try not to think about the needling before it happens to them. But then what they talk about is they talk about how they don't feel prepared for the needling when it then happens and it's quite a shock for them. And I think it is a difficult procedure, so it can be difficult to prepare for and people can get quite anxious about it. But actually knowing as much as you can about the procedure will help you. And a lot of patients have talked to me about how they try to ignore the needling before it happens to them. But then they find it really difficult to deal with when it does happen to them. One of the things I would recommend to patients is actually trying to find out as much as you can about the needling process. A lot of units will offer you the opportunity to watch a procedure. And if you have that opportunity, it may be difficult for you to watch it, but you may want to take them up on that. They sometimes provide information on it as well. But also, if you have the opportunity to talk to other patients about it, talk to other patients, because often those patients can have ideas that can help you get through the needling as to how you can get through it. So another thing that can make needling easier is if you can stay as relaxed as possible through the whole procedure. And this is, again, something that has been told to me by individual patients rather than from staff, in that patients talk about if you can relax then it can make the needling less painful and it can make it less traumatic for you. Now, I do realise that it can be a very difficult procedure in that you are going into a procedure that can be painful. So to actually relax feels quite contradictory and it can be something that is very difficult to do. This can also be where things like distraction, talking to other people, music may come in because they may be things that can help you feel relaxed and I think in particular it's sometimes working out what will work for you and then telling the nurses that are going to be putting your needles in how that's going to work for you but a lot of patients also talk about as well that if they accept that the needling is going to be unpleasant but it's going to be over very quickly And it's going to be painful, but it's only going to be a very brief pain. 
then that does help them mentally to relax through the procedure and to do that. I am aware as a nurse that there's lots of things that we talk about that may or may not help. Some people talk about deep breathing exercises and relaxation exercises can actually help them through the needling. In reality, none of these are tested yet, and we do need to do a lot of research into looking into it. But if you can work out a way that will help you keep relaxed during the needling, then it will make the needling a little bit easier for you. And I think we all recognise that the needling is not necessarily a nice procedure to have. But as a nurse who's needled people for the last 22 years, I try very hard to make it as easy as I possibly can for the people that I put needles into. And I think as well, there's a lot that can be done to help you get through it and to also make it less painful as well. So what kind of things can make it less painful? So the first thing that can happen is when you have the needles in, you can have local anaesthetic before you put the needles in. And this can come in a few forms. The first form is a form that's often called lignocaine, which is where we put a small injection underneath the skin before we actually insert the needles and it numbs the skin before you have the needles in. Now, if you've ever been to the dentist and the dentist has given you an injection, that is also lignocaine. So I'm sure what you can remember is that that lignocaine itself can be quite painful to have. So what I find is there are some patients where lignocaine beforehand really suits them. And there are other patients where they find the extra injection or the extra pain from the lignocaine actually makes it worse for them. And it's not worth them having it. They'd rather just have the needles in because the needles are not as bad. So with some of these things, there may be a little bit of sort of experimenting and working out what works for you with regards to the needling. We do also have some hospitals have local anaesthetic creams where you can put a cream on your fistula or graft about an hour before they put the needles in. However, again, it's not a panacea for all of the problems with needling in that some people find that the cream doesn't penetrate deep enough, so it doesn't actually numb you from the needlings. And some people end up having an allergic reaction to the cream and then they can't use it with regards to that. There is also as well, there is the occasional unit. This isn't used frequently within the UK, but there is the occasional unit that sometimes uses sprays, the lignocaine sprays. Now, I've not had any experience of that myself, but I would presume it may be a little bit like the cream in that it doesn't necessarily penetrate deep enough. But that is a spray that you put on before you insert the needles that's meant to numb the area. So there can be those things that can make it less painful, but they don't always work for individual patients. And what I hear from individual patients is they don't always work every single time. So whilst it might numb the pain one time, it doesn't always work the other time or work as well the other time. So the other thing that I've particularly heard patients talk about is Some patients talk about trying to distract themselves when they have the needling. So they may talk about listening to music or talking to the person who's putting their needles in or talking to other people as that takes the pain away from them. 
Some of them have even talked about that if they pinch a different area of skin, that takes the pain away from the needles going in. So that sort of almost mental distraction where you're not thinking about the needling too much can help. And a lot of nurses also are aware of distraction as a way of helping with pain with needling. So a lot of nurses will try and talk to you about something else whilst they're putting the needles in and have a chat with you. And sometimes if there's someone who's particularly anxious about the needling, I've even been in a situation where two of us have gone and needled them so that one person can do the needling whilst the other person sits with them, holds their hands, talks to them about it. So that can sometimes help as well with regards to that. So I believe that healthcare is a partnership between patient and healthcare professional, healthcare professional and patient. And so what I want to be able to do is help make that communication and relationship stronger and easier. And so I think it's important that health professionals know what kind of issues and concerns that patients have and vice versa as well also give a platform for health professionals to be able to share. This is what I need you as a patient to know, which can also make the process easier. And so with all of that in mind, what does the health professional need the patient to do or to say to help make this process of needling easier? So there is many things that I can kind of talk about here and they're on different levels as well. Some of them are sort of physical sort of instructions that you can follow and some of them are more kind of ways of approaching needling and ways of thinking about needling. One of the most important things with needling is often when you have a fistula you are taught after you've had the fistula for a while you're shown how to do exercises on the fistula to make it bigger for needling. And what a lot of patients don't actually realise is those exercises are very important. And I think it's because we don't tell you that. We just show you how to do it and ask you to do it, but don't explain to you why. But actually, those exercises help make your fistula and your graft as big as possible so that when we come to put the needles in, the needles will go in easily. So actually, at the very beginning, that exercising of your fistula and doing those exercises is really important to help it develop and get big enough so that when we insert needles in it, we don't have any problems with it with regards to that. So in terms Sorry, of those exercises, is that something that you're doing when your fistula is early on and forming? Or is that something that you're continuously doing throughout your hemodialysis journey? It's very, very important when your fistula is new and it's forming. Sometimes if the fistula gets quite big, you can then stop doing it. But we normally need you to do it at least for the first six months or so. And we do have some fistulas that never quite get as big as we'd like them to do because, you know, we don't live in an ideal world. So with those patients, sometimes they do just have to carry on exercising their fistula as much as they possibly can. And normally with the exercises, we ask you to do it for a couple of minutes, three or four times a day. And we give you a tourniquet, which is something that constricts your arm and a squeezy ball. And we just ask you to sit there and squeeze it 
because that then just helps the blood flow through the fistula or the graft. And particularly with fistulas, it just helps the vein get bigger because that's what we're trying to do with a fistula formation is make your vein bigger so that we can get the needles in for hemodialysis and get the flows that we need for hemodialysis. Right. So exercises, do your exercises to help make the process easier. So what else can patients do to make the process easier? It's also important as well that you keep an eye on your fistula or graft. We try to prevent problems with fistulas and grafts, but we know sometimes that problems can happen and they can happen because of the needling as well and because we're using it for hemodialysis. So you're often taught to monitor your fistula and graft and keep an eye on it, make sure that it's working okay and there's not got any problems. So I'd also say if there is anything that you're worried about with your fistula or your graft, if you think that something has changed with it, then please do let us know. Because I always say when I'm teaching nurses how to put needles in, I always say to them, the only person that's there for every single needle insertion is the patient. So you are the expert on your fistula and graft. You know what is normal for you. So please do let us know. So when you say Um, changes in the fistula, what kind of changes do you mean? So it may be that it looks different and starts to look different. And as we put needles in, it will start to change in terms of its appearance in that you often start to get scar tissue from the needle insertion and the vein can get bigger from the needle insertion and using it for hemodialysis. But in particular, it's any sudden changes in the way that it looks. Or if you are worried about gradual changes, just ask us. We can reassure you that it's not a problem or we can investigate it further if it is something that we're worried about. If you also started to get a large scab or wound on your fistula, then we'd want to know about that and we'd be worried about that. And also, if you get any signs of infection, like you start to get redness or it starts to feel hot, then that's important. And then the other thing we also often ask you to do is we ask you to check something called your buzz once a day. Now, every fistula and graft, at some point in time in the limb where the fistula or graft is, there will be a vibrating sensation. It's often over the scar where they've gone in and joined them together, but not always. And we normally ask you to check that every day because that vibrating sensation lets us know that your fistula is working okay. So if that reduces or if that disappears, then we need to know about that straight away so that we can do something about it. And in particular, sometimes what can happen is if your fistula is not quite working properly, not only will that reduce or disappear but sometimes the fistula can become quite hard it can swell up as well so we need to know about all of those things so in general if it starts to look different to what it normally looks like if it starts to feel different to what it normally feels like or if that vibrating sensation your buzz feels different to what it normally feels like the other thing that can also help is we do know that needling can be a difficult procedure for patients to go through and I think even for us as nurses inserting the needle it can sometimes be stressful for us as well now that's not 
your problem as a patient as such. That's our problem to deal with. But it's more about telling you that we recognise that it's a difficult procedure for you to go through and that it can be painful and it can cause a lot of anxiety. But also a lot of the nurses that you will come across will understand that. So what also may help you with the needling and might make it easier for you and easier for the nurses is almost to work with us with the needling, if that makes sense. We know that it can be very painful and it's not a particularly pleasant experience for us when we cause pain to the patients as well. And we do try to minimise the amount of pain that we cause for people. But sometimes we may want to talk to you. We may want to hear about what it's like from your perspective. And sometimes we'll need to know what works for you and what doesn't work for you. Like I said earlier, some people like the needles to go in quickly. Some people like them to go in slowly. Some people don't like to talk about the needling at all. Other people like to have a lot of control over the needling and then might like to tell you where they want the needles to go talk to you about problems with their fistula that sort of thing so what I'd say is that we are on your side <laughs> and we're here to help you so if you can give us the information what works for you with your needling that would be really helpful and that really helps us when it comes to the needling. So this might be a more difficult question to ask but I think I really do need to ask this question and that is In an ideal world, you're working really well with a health professional who is doing the needling for you or with you. What if you come across somebody who isn't that great in terms of listening and taking on board the type of things that you want to tell them? How do you manage a health professional who doesn't listen? Yes, I I fully recognise that. I think I would agree with you that in an ideal world, I'd hope that everyone would listen to patients and understand what they're going through. But I know it doesn't always feel like that from a patient's perspective because they have said that to me. I think from what I've seen from my experience, that situation often happens for two reasons. And one thing I'd very much say is, first of all, I don't believe that it is the patient's problem to sort it out when a nurse is behaving like that. But sometimes you're in a situation where you just have to deal with it and manage it. So what I wanted to talk about was how we manage that in the best way we possibly can. And sometimes understanding why the nurse is behaving in that way can sometimes help you to then almost meet halfway with the nurse so that you get in a situation where they are listening to you. From my experience, what can happen is some nurses do actually get very stressed about putting needles in certain patients, either because they've found the needling very difficult in the past, or it's a procedure that they're not yet familiar with because they're still learning how to do it. And even though often the first few times they needle, they will have another nurse with them, It's not always the case that they feel 100% confident when they are left to needle on their own because it can take a good 6-12 months for a nurse to feel that way. So sometimes it can be that the nurse themselves is feeling quite anxious and quite stressed about the needling. So sometimes they don't listen to you for that reason. 
So sometimes explaining how you're feeling and that you're not going to blame them, but you're not going to get upset with them can be reassuring for that nurse. And that can sometimes, I've seen that when patients have done that to nurses, they sometimes relax and then suddenly they're much easier to talk to and they listen to you. However, with the best will in the world, there are some nurses that sometimes talk about how they don't like to be told how to needle your fistula or they don't like to listen to you. And sometimes with those nurses, again, it's almost not getting into a confrontation with them, but actually treating it a little bit like a negotiation and reassuring them that you're not trying to tell them how to needle a fistula and that you understand that they're the expert in needling fistulas because they needle 12, 15, 20 a day. But that actually what you're trying to do is just tell them about your fistula and your individual needs and what you need to help you get through the needling. And sometimes just building that relationship and building that little bit of empathy can help. It's not something that will work in every single situation. And sometimes it may be a situation where you have to talk to a more senior nurse about where you're being treated so that they can intervene. But sometimes just bringing it down a level and changing it from a confrontation into a negotiation or listening to also what the nurse is saying to you can help just escalate it down a little bit so that they start listening to you. Right. So it's it's a balance, really. And Mm. it can be difficult to find that balance, especially this is your arm. This is your body. This is happening to you. And you've got a difficult person who isn't willing to listen. Why should I have to deal with that when I already have so much to deal with anyway, but getting to that point where ultimately both of you know that the dialysis session has to go ahead. So if it cannot be resolved in this way, like you said, negotiation, actually going to a more senior member of staff and letting them know, and it might be a case even that you might work with a different nurse rather than that one, because at the end of the day, Like I just said, it's a process that can be very difficult all in of itself without having to deal with somebody that's making the process even more difficult. Yes, very much so. And I would hope that in an ideal world, this would never happen to someone. But sometimes it's about getting through the situation. But also as well, I think it's only about doing what you feel comfortable with. And the easiest solution, if you don't feel comfortable is to speak to someone more senior and to get them to intervene on your behalf. Again, something that is going to be difficult to talk about, but I think it really is important that we do because this podcast is about all aspects of kidney disease. It is about the full picture. So while we talk about the positives, it's also very important to talk about the challenges that can take place. So we've discussed about the challenge of a health professional that isn't, shall we say, that nice or helpful and how we manage that. I think it's also important for us to talk about challenges in terms of problems with needling and what can occur and also solutions, because, you know, I'm always about solutions. So let's talk about it. So what kind of problems can arise when it comes to needling? So one of the most frequent problems that can happen with needling is where we try to get the needles in, but we don't quite get them in the right place. And sometimes what that can then mean is that we 
have to move the needle backwards and forwards to try and get it in the right place. And on occasions, we might need to remove the needle completely and try again with a second needle. Now, what I do know is that process can be quite traumatic for patients. But patients also talk to me about the fact that when it first happens to them, they didn't know what to expect, which actually made it worse for them, which is why I'm kind of mentioning this at this point in time. So generally, the majority of patients at some point in time will might go through a period where they we are struggling to get the needles into the right place. And that can happen. Ironically, it's often much more common when your fistula is new. And that's often the time when you find the needling the hardest as well. So it's really, if you are aware that this can sometimes happen, then it is something that can help you get through it. Whilst we do aim to get the needles in smoothly all of the time, on occasions, this can be a problem where we struggle to get the needles in. Sometimes what can also happen is when we're struggling to get the needles in, we go into the vein, but then we come out the other side of the vein. And this causes what we call a blow. Now, I sometimes think the term blow is not very helpful in that it sounds very dramatic. And I know when I was a hemodialysis nurse, I spent the first six months thinking that a blow could mean that the arm had exploded. And it's not that dramatic at all. Okay. (laughs) Glad to hear that. (laughs) What a blow is, all a blow is, is basically where the needle has gone in one side of the vein and then come out the other side of the vein. And what then happens is the blood that's normally in the blood vessel leaks in to the tissues around the blood vessel. Now, at the time when it can happen, it can be quite dramatic in that it can be very painful for the few minutes initially after it's happened. And you often get a big swelling on your fistula that can look very dramatic, but that swelling will go down very quickly. It can sometimes cause bruising as well, but that bruising will go away and your arm will heal. And I've heard patients talk to me about the fact that when they've seen the bruising, they're really worried that it will never go away and that it means that their fistula is broken. But it means none of those things whatsoever. The bruising will settle down, but sometimes it takes a few weeks to settle down. And your fistula generally is still working okay. And if you get any changes in that vibrating sensation that I've talked about whilst you've got the bruising, then that's when you need to talk to us because that may mean that your fistula is not quite working properly. But for 99% of the time, your fistula will carry on working absolutely fine after a blow. So it is one of those things. One of the other things that some renal units can use, and this isn't available in all renal units, but if we are struggling to get needles into your fistula, There are some units where they can use ultrasound to actually help us get the needles into your fistula. And what we're able to do is we're actually able to scan the vessel whilst we put the needles in, which means that we can't just feel where the fistula is, but we can physically see on the screen where the fistula is as well. So there may be that opportunity. But generally, patients often worry about what will happen if we can't get needles into their fistula. And there are generally lots of options in terms of what we can do. And quite often we can get the needles in. We just might not be able to get them into that site where you've had problems. We can sometimes do dialysis with one needle 
It's not as good as dialysis with two needles, but for a short term, it's good enough. And we can use the ultrasound sometimes to get your needles in to see if they're working. We can sometimes send you for a more in-depth scan to have a look at your fistula if we're struggling to get your needles in regularly. And sometimes we may decide to do some blood tests on you and not put needles into your fistula that day and just let it rest if your blood tests will allow us to do that. And we'll assess that to make sure that you're safe not to have your hemodialysis. But generally, these things tend to be hiccups rather than the way it's going to go forever. So often they happen when you're first needled, but it will get better and it will get easier. And it is something that we can overcome and get sorted out so that the needling goes more smoothly. So I wanted to ask, obviously, we've been discussing when needling is done by the health professional. But is there the option in centre that you needle yourself? There is. The majority of renal units around the country do actually encourage patients to needle themselves if they want to. I've also spoken to patients who do needle themselves. And for those patients, they often find having that control over the needling process is much easier for them because they can also feel the needle going in so they can respond to that if it's painful or if they know whether the needle is going in the right place or not with regards to that. So yes, and most renal centres will have the opportunity for you to be trained how to needle yourself. However, we do recognise that not everyone is able to do that. Some patients have talked to me about how they just really struggle to get the needle into themselves and they can't physically put the needle into themselves. And other patients talk about how they don't want to have the responsibility of doing it because they worry about what might go wrong. And for me personally, I always like to give my patients the choice in terms of whether it's something that they want to do themselves or they want us to do. Obviously, if you can needle yourself, then doing your hemodialysis at home also becomes more of an option if that's something that you're interested in doing. But on my renal centre in Derby, we've also had some patients who don't want to go home and do dialysis. So they end up needling themselves on the unit and then they have their hemodialysis in the renal centre. So to me, it's entirely about what works for you. One thing I always say to patients as well is that putting your own needles in is not the only thing you can do for the needling process. And we do have some patients on our unit who can't physically put in their own needles, but we let them do other parts of the needling process. So they might clean and disinfect their arm before we put the needles in. They might get the needles completely ready for the needle insertion. So all the nurse has to do is put the needles in and then walk away. We even have some patients who remove their own needles. And I've also been in a situation where sometimes a patient wants to feel what it's like from my perspective. So they might hold my hand whilst I'm inserting the needle so that they can feel what it actually feels like for the needle to go in from my perspective how much pressure I have to put into it, what direction I go in, those sorts of things. So there's lots of ways you can be involved in your needling. And I'd very much encourage you that if you think it's something you want to do, to talk to your nurses about putting in your own needles, but also as well, if it's not something that you think you can do the whole procedure by yourself, there may still be elements that you can do and it's what you want to do. Thank you. 
So in summary, we've covered a lot in this episode, needling for beginners. We've looked at what to expect from the moment we walk into the dialysis unit, the process of needling. We've looked at what the patient can do to make it easier. We've looked at what the health professional needs the patient to do to make the process easier. We've looked at managing a health professional who isn't that great at listening. We've looked at the challenges that can come about and also solutions to those problems. So thank you so much for joining me today and for sharing such amazing information. I know it will help so many people. And I just want to give you the final word, really, just a word of encouragement or a last note for the listeners about needling. I suppose what I'd say is a hemodialysis nurse and what I always say to patients beforehand is we know that needling is difficult. We know it's not the easiest process to go through, but we do understand as a nurse and we're there beside you and we're going through it with you. So we will try and make it the best that we possibly can. And often the beginning of needling is often the hardest and it will get better from that point onwards. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Diary of a Kidney Warrior podcast. And don't forget that you can contact me on social media using the handle Diary of a Kidney Warrior. Please do subscribe to the podcast and please do tell a friend. New episodes of this podcast are released every other Monday. Until next time, take care and choose to live. Diary of a Kitty Warrior, sharing faith, knowledge, hope, and love.